Bang, I'm a taxi driver. <laughs> Welcome to Snakey's Tap Talk. It is another monthly episode. Uh, as always in the monthly episodes, we try and talk about a location, uh, an event where you will be drinking beer to link in with the beer podcast. I am joined by Jeremy Ransom and Tom Chapman. First of all, boys, how are we? Very good. How are you? Yeah, nice to be here. Very well. Thanks for inviting me. I mean, nice to be here. We're actually at your house, Jeremy. So we're at the fake side. Um, Jeremy's cabin in the woods. Um, that sounds very odd. <laughs> very ominous. But yes, yeah, so we're in the fake side. We've got a couple of beers on the go. I'm on cause. Tom's on Carling, and I'm on the Hazy Jane. Hazy Jane, keeping it craft. Cosmopolitan. Um, as always with these episodes, we we'll just start really, you know, recapping on the month at hand and what's happened recently. Well, I went to Stoke on Tuesday. Wow, how was that? Uh, it was interesting. Do you know what? I I can now say I've done it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. Is this you went up there for shopping, presumably? No, I went up for Brighton in the FA Cup. We're in the quarterfinal. We've got Grimsby now. Um, Tough game. Yeah. Well, it's. It's definitely the biggest banana skin available in the There are no easy games in football, no. but that's an easy game in football. You'd like to think so. Let's hope so. Um, Wait till next episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait and see how April's episode goes. Yeah. Um, Remember Charlton. Yeah, it's one of those, It's um, for listeners of the podcast that have been here since sort of the start, we went to Forest Green Rovers and we went to the world's worst harvester in Swindon. But I can, you know, the harvester is back, baby. Harvester standing Matthews way, overlooking the Britannia, well, the Bet365 Stadium. Yeah, the harvester's back. And a uh, listener of the podcast, Harry Hartley, who's a little bit worse for wear, he had a night out at the number one LGBT plus bar in Stoke called Gossip. And uh, we were gutted to miss that night out. But he said that I asked him on Wednesday, how was Gossip? And he said, as good as it gets on a Tuesday in Stoke. Um, is that <laughs> Paul Hartley. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Um, and then, you know, it is a beer podcast, but we do love our sport. Tom, you are a Newcastle fan. I am. An unfortunate loss of the weekend. Yeah, it Sunday, Carabao Cup final. Yeah, I wore my Shaka Hislop goalkeeper top in, in preparation for it. Unfortunately, it didn't do us any luck. But it is what it is. It's a good game. Yeah, we you'll had... be back, I'm sure. <laughs> it's just the start of the Eddie Howe era. Absolutely. Um, so, Jeremy, quickly, because listeners, they want to be immersed into the room. Explain the fake side to us. So, it's, it's our cabin in the garden. The uh, I suppose the dimensions are about three by six. It's... A nice little getaway for me when I need a bit of space. It has a lovely dartboard. It has TV with um, all your Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, it's just nice space. The girls use it for parties when we want them out the house. Um, in the summer, it's nice. Yeah, perfect. It's great. Nice. It's soundproofed as well. Yeah. It's it's like, it's almost like I'm going to start renting it for the podcast. Well, this is be. a lovely little, and hopefully we're going to do a video later. It's it's a lovely little podcast area, really. So, its name comes from the fact that we have our local boys darts league here. So rather than the lakeside, it's not quite as good. So we call it the fake side. Lovely. So shout out to the average darts league. <laughs> and I'm sure the average darts league will be listening. Well, they are. Uh, 
Yeah. They're big, big lovers. Big lovers of the pod. Lovely. So, as we mentioned, Cheltenham Festival's coming out. It's Mark. It is the... It's the one that brings, you know, even maybe more so than the Grand National, because Grand National's got its its clouds above it. Where it brings even the loosest link of a horse racing fan gets involved with Cheltenham. Absolutely. Um, so it's a Cheltenham festival. It's four days. It's four days. Um, so yeah, I would I would describe it as the Olympics or World Championships of national hunt racing. So you get the best from technically around the world, but that's like Major League Baseball being world champions. <laughs> yeah. They only play in America. So it's basically an England, Britain versus Ireland, a few French maybe thrown in. But the best of the best for four days. Used to be three days. Expanded it. There is talk of expanding it further to five yeah, days. Yeah, because the Saturday doesn't it. actually count. Because there is it racing is on the Saturday. Yeah, it's not Cheltenham. Tuesday to Friday. Oh, but it... I thought You're they were racing. Royal Ascot. Oh, okay. okay. But yeah, don't worry. I'm being fact checked <laughs> already. Um, so, yeah, it, as we mentioned, it, it's a big, big sort of week on the race racing calendar. Um, we're we're going to touch on our experiences fully. There's a reason why I've got Tom and Jeremy on the podcast. Um, they've got both got experiences of Cheltenham that are very different, but there's still that love for horse racing there. From my point of view, um, Cheltenham Festival is a big week at Ian Hart Funeral Service. It's a big week. It is... Um, in a good way, I'm hoping. Oh, in, a good, in a good way, of course. It's ITV racing on the computer. It's um, getting, as we mentioned, we've been for a, for a nice meal before um, tonight. It's getting all of the, the sky bet and the paddy power, yeah. the free bets and things Absolutely. like that. And, you know, it's a case of we'll, we'll be having our morning cup of tea and I'll pop down, I'll, you know, myself, Chris and Greg, and we'll be going, oh, what have you got on today then? <laughs> and these are blokes that we're not bothered by horse racing, really, but I, lo- you know, I like everyone going to the races, everyone but loves everyone a loves a punt. Yeah, yeah. Working out your ackers, getting the best prices. Yeah. See, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I look into it th- as close as that, but... Certainly, I have my ackers that I put on. So, really, from my point of view, you if, go by the names. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't go by the names. What I go by is I go on the racing post Ooh. and Ooh, I look at the, I look at the tipsters. Right. And I never go for the one that's been back the most. I'll always go for the second or third that I like the look of. Oh, I see. I'm the complete opposite way. <laughs> I am all about the favourites. You are from flat racing to jump racing. If they've got the form, surely they should win. That's my philosophy. So, <laughs> there is a naps table where there's 50 tipsters. How many of you think make a profit? Not many. None? Eight. Eight. And the, the rest are professional writers for racing and they pick their best bet. And 42 out of 50 <laughs> can't even make a profit. So, don't listen to tipsters. No. Post data is top, by the way, who is racing post. So Well... Let's just say there's a reason why they're writing the paper. <laughs> exactly, that's where they make the money. But I do look forward in recent years to getting on the group chats and there's always a, here's my Sam Hart. Sam my, Hart. My 20p acre. Yeah, and and normally, a, normally a lucky, lucky hind, a super hind super or a hind. Yeah. The occasional lucky 15. But you say that, but Jeremy has led into my next part really. That yes, 
the Sam Hart Acker goes on the group chat. But I've had some, I've had some You've good had wins some pick over the years. Right? I've had some good wins. There's been some chuckles in the morning, and then yeah. in the evening it's like, well, who knew? Yeah, and by that point, you know, if I get a, if I get a win on a Tuesday, Wednesday, by Thursday, Friday, you know, we've got some people in the group chat. It's our fantasy league group chat. There's some people in that group chat that by yeah Thursday, Friday, they're waiting and they're going, oh. Yeah, I've, I've backed that, Sam. They put their screenshot in that. And I say, oh, don't copy me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those. It just makes it interesting. I don't bet big bucks. There was one year and, uh, you know, it's all about doing things. Yeah, it's all about doing things in moderation and being honest and upfront with yourself. And I was chatting with my mum about it, actually, the other day, that there was one Cheltenham that, because... It, again, we didn't even touch on it on what's new, but we had the YouTube fight on Sunday. And I, I won 30 quid on it, put a fiver on Tommy Fury to win on points. I sent it to my dad and he, I went, that's, that's printing money, in it? And he said, oh, put 50 quid on for me. I said, I can't. I've put myself a deposit limit on. I've got a deposit <laughs> limit of 25 quid a week. And I get nowhere near it. I don't really bet now, but... Yeah, it was. A, I had a bad Cheltenham what a boring week. Boring life. You I, <laughs> I had a bad Cheltenham week that ended up in me going. Yeah, I'm not doing this no. anymore. No. Um, but the good thing about Cheltenham is you've got so many races. You don't have to bet on them all. No, no. but you can pick a favourite if you fancy it, and you might get a decent return. But you can go for almost any horse. There's no bad horses there, so you no. do get big price winners coming in because so. they're. They're the bigger prices, but they're still they. And Tom mentioned it in the pub earlier. All the horses, especially with like Gold Cup and stuff, which we'll get onto, they they've earned their place. Yeah, there. they're there they're, for a reason. They're there for a reason. They have to jump through. Because I I mean I hope one of you two may have done your research. The actual entry money to enter these races is a lot of money, decent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's I mean, a lot of money to enter the race. The owners and the trainers, but the prize money makes it worthwhile so yeah. and, and sometimes the owners are happy to put that in because what they want to day out yeah so they'll get owners badges they get to go up to the races um and they're in the the paddock and you know it could be that dream win where they get their 40 to 1 outsider comes in yeah so we'll start with on course experience so that throws us over to mr tom chapman now you are booked for Cheltenham. I am. Tuesday, you're... Wednesday going this year. Yeah. So Tuesday you're with uh, the lovely Georgia. Yes. I'm going with my missus on Tuesday. It should be good. And then on the Wednesday, I'm in with all my friends up there, which will be yep. cool. And so, um, so tell us about that, really. Yeah. So um, I've been going for the last yeah, about eight, nine years on and off, minus COVID. Uh, it started off with when I'm living down in Devon, uh, quite a group of them go every year and I said yeah I'll go with you and ever since then it's it's carried on it's been uh, it's like a tradition now which is which is great I think for us because I live in Sussex and they live in Devon it's always a great time every year to, to catch up with them all and um, I think for me when I go to Cheltenham it is very much a boys weekend it's uh, you've got the drinking involved you've got the um, the games you've got the gambling and just the uh, the atmosphere it's always uh, it's what makes it well you know, we've met you know straight away really into it it is 
prices are ridiculous down there. Hotels and things, but accommodation is disgusting. Ev- everyone, because a lot of the people do like Airbnb. They give up their ha- people yeah, move yeah. out their house for a week. Yeah. How so, early do you have to book to get where you stay? So we always book. So we always stay at the Jury Inn, and we get this. Um, uh, basically, a family room in it. So there's one double bed and there's three single beds. <clears throat> and we always go for that every And literally, when we check out, we just book the next So a year ahead. Yeah, yeah, we book Mind. a deposit every time. Um, so I normally go for the November meet. <clears throat> we always do the five days over the November meet, which is is same as the festival week, just a little bit quieter. Still the great atmosphere, still got the good horses there, um, but it's a lot cheaper, which is, which is great. Whereas festival week, like you said, is the diehard fans who are there and they are happy to pay the yeah the two thousand pound for like three nights to be there it's it's quite crazy so um there's five of us in this one room and we pay 600 pound each to be in wow in a family family room room, which is great wow but it does have a sauna no which which helps helps the next morning helps for the hangover so so like the build up to it, so you mentioned it to me on text. So one of the guys, he does a form guide for everyone that's going. Yes, so that adds it to it, that helps to it. Absolutely. I think that's the, uh, as soon as we get the form guide, so what he does, he, he sends us over the night before we, we all meet up, he sends over this form guide. But the form guide is about the people going to the event. Um, so a prime example is about myself. I'll uh, read it. You don't read uh, it about yourself. Okay. I'll read it. So, hey, I'll put some hindsight about. <laughs> No, we'll read it first, and then we'll uh, then we'll explain. So, the uh, I, d- I think the group chat's called Cheltenham Massive, but this is Tom's um, form guide. So, the bald bandit owner Tommy Chapman, affiliated to the Hog and Hedge. This horse's wealthy owners have fed this horse well on overpriced sandwiches and watered down coffee. Questionable dress sense remains, however, he stands out from the crowd. Carrying the least weight in the race has lost 3.5 kilograms of hair this year. Determined to run well after a slow start last year. Stamina never an issue, but temperament is. Has ability to fall out with health and safety officials when they come to expend the bubbly temperature at 2.30 on the first day. So Tom's hair did go missing for a while. It did. The, the, it the, did. the hairline was, uh, was, was, um, was gone. Yeah, and then one day I just woke up and it's back. It was back. It's back, baby. It grown. Um, so yeah, so you get that, and that is as soon as that message comes through, then that is right. We're on. Yeah, we're, tomorrow's, it, it, tomorrow we're meeting up, uh, and everyone just gets that that buzz from it. Or one because he does it like that for everyone, and it's all just a bit of banter about it. Or but it just gets you buzz for it, and then as soon as we all meet the next morning, we get there early doors. Um, and we leave our stuff in the car outside the hotel, go straight into Cheltenham, we get there about about 10 o'clock, we have a bit of breakfast, and then we go up to the course. So we like to get out there quite early because the first couple of days we always have to go to a champagne bar. Yeah. So we like to sit in the corner, grab a couple of tables, go get loads of chairs, and it's right underneath the screen. Um, and we just basically just yeah, drink bubbles for the next couple of days. And we always have this ongoing joke about how much the bubbles is. We always go for the house champagne. I mean, when we started about eight years ago, it was about £52. Now it's like £68. Oh, and we always joke, how much is it going to go? Inflation. £2. Uh, so we all have, yeah, we all put in a kitty and, yeah, just get the point. And do you do it like, so, you know, if somebody has a winner, then you sort of, you, you'll go, oh, we've had a winner, I'll buy a bottle. Or... No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> because we know one has a winner. No. 
No, you've had a pound at yeah. six to four. Yeah. You've won two pound fifty. Yeah. Here's a bottle of champagne. No, it's very much about the kitty. Everyone puts. I'm actually the kitty master, so everyone give it to me, and then yeah, and then you always get the one or two people who are piping up going, oh, Tommy's going to get another bottle on. get another bottle. But first thing we actually do, when we get there, we had the drinks and stuff like that, but we also go on the tote. So we, we all put fivers in and we all just put in the, the, the six horses that we think are going to win on the day. And then we put it as a, almost like part of the kitty. So if actually anyone wins that, then goes back, goes into, back into it, nice. which is great. One year we won big, but that was, that was a miracle that yeah. year. But yeah, no, it's good fun. And so you, you stick to bubbles when you're there? You... Well, the first couple of days we do, yeah, but then you get bubbled out. And a lot of it all depends on how much you've won. <laughs> At this point, if you're yeah. like a couple of hundred down, then you think to yourself, oh, let's go on the Guinness. And then we move over to the Guinness area. And that leads sort of perfectly into, so your on-course experience. So it's actually, I've done my research, it's coming out at £7.50 a pint of Guinness. Now, this has caused a stir with race goers. Now, recently, so my most expensive pint of the year so far is at £6.20. That is a neck oil at the Albion. Um, but £7.50. Now, the reason race goers have kicked off about this is that Cheltenham hosted the World Grand Prix snooker in one of the bars at Cheltenham. And they were selling Guinness for £6. So people have come out, gone to that, gone, there's, you know... I'm at the snooker. I'm buying a I'm buying a pint of Guinness for six pound. Well, when I'm here for the horse race, it's seven pound fifty. They're fleecing us. <laughs> they they're trying to cash in. And the the course's official line of uh, answer is well, there's more overheads for the racing than there is for the snooker, which is why we have to charge more. Do I believe that as a beer drinker and a sports goer? I'm not it, sure. I think I it's a classic case of supply and demand. Absolutely. Whatever they charge, there'll be enough people will Brits not and get Irish that. that will just sit and drink it, whatever. Especially yeah. these days where you just tap. Yeah. You know, you, you hardly notice. No. It's, oh, I've just paid for a beer. Is it? And people will, as you say, nobody's going to queue up for that long, get to the front and go, mm, I'm not paying that. No. Um, so yeah, and especially with the Guinness area as well. The Guinness area is the only area that sells drink outside. Okay, everywhere is undercover. So the Guinness area. Now we've got a story in a minute. Uh, well, so Jeremy's nephew went. Was it last year that Joe went? Joe went last year on the Tuesday. For and he went on the Tuesday. He had a great day. He, he had a few winners, and by about I think the fourth or fifth race, he's on the phone to Jeremy going. This is the best day of my life. I'm just in the Guinness Village now. And he just stuck in the Guinness Village. But on an official stat is that there were 236,472 pints of Guinness bought last year. Yeah, I would like that to say, is, Joe did not drink all no, of them. No, Joe didn't drink all of them. Probably he put a chunk out of that. Well, at least at least four. Yeah. Um, but that's a disgusting amount of them. It's I think they equates to like £2 million. Guinness makes for me. And that leads perfectly into your stat that you sent me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <coughs> so, oh, God, I haven't even thrown me in the box. <laughs> but over the, over the festive weekend, um, over the festive week, sorry, um, 1.2 million is taken out of the ATM machines inside the, uh, inside the course. 1.2 million. That is just, and it would be, you know, I don't, Obviously, you've got your winners, your losers. 
the bookies must do well out of it, but the pitch fees must be a lot of money. That would be huge. Yeah. Um, but the amount of money that economy-wise on the Cheltenham Festival must just be ridiculous. It's interesting. I don't know how much that has changed because people's habits with using phone apps and mm-hmm. online betting whether people do or don't. But, I mean, I, I use my app, but if I'm on course, I do like to pan, hand some cash over, Absolutely. get a little chitty and hold on to it, and then if it does win occasionally, go up and actually get your money back. There's just that yeah. feeling of, I've won, rather than just looking at your app in the corner, the numbers change. Exactly. fake money, you, isn't you it? appreciate it more when it's cash in hand. When it's in your hand, you feel the, the fibre of your... When you nose. go, do you do on-course betting? I do a bit of both, actually. Because the only thing that I always feel when I watch it on the telly is that you have this, you look at Cheltenham and you think, God, that looks busy. That is a big, big fan of it, actually. Um, so for me, I like to use the app to look at the form. That is, mm-hmm. that is a big fan of it, too. So when I look at it, see what it is. But then sometimes it is, a, I suppose it's dynamic betting. So literally... Five minutes before the race starts, if you're up in the bar, you're not going to quickly run down and place a bet because you won't, you won't get there in time. No. So you quickly look, actually, you look at the horse and go, well, actually, that one looks pretty good, actually, and you'll put a quick bet. That is a great bit about the app. But then, like Jeremy said in particular, when you win, you don't appreciate it as much yeah, as yeah. on the app. What's the biggest bet you've seen struck? I saw one bloke in front of me, one, uh, put it on 45 grand. Yeah, crazy. Honestly, but then... Yeah, I, I, but it was all. How well, again? Cash. It changes in card. On cu- but on that, that's card. again how much how much has changed. Back in the day, they never used to have card machines. No machines, but now they have. So the bets have just become even bigger and bigger and bigger down there. But then I don't know how they. Pay, I honestly would love to know how they pay. Well, I think they have credit accounts with the big players. Oh, with the big ones. Yeah. So you know, if, if JP McManus, one of the big owners, if he wants to have a bet, <laughs> yeah. He's not walking down to the ring with no. his bag full of tenors, but because he's betting Where's five like or six figures. But... Uncle Tony, Tony Blue, Brighton owner, he puts all his bets through Star Sports. Um, is that because he's involved in it? Probably. Win-win. It's, but... it's basically what you're saying is he's money laundering. Yeah. <laughs> so he puts his bets through Star Sports because well because the all way the cut out. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Get the lawyers in. Yeah. <laughs> we love yeah. you. We love you, Tony. Tony Bloom. Don't, you know, whatever the papers are saying, right, you yeah. put 375 grand on your own horse to win and it didn't. You know, we don't think anything less of you. Um, but just from a point of view, you know, to give the listeners who, like for me personally, I have not got a clue on pricing. What does a ticket send you back for a day it's about 50 quid 50 quid, 50 quid get in that's there. not bad though really it's is not it? but... I think with race course in general you've got to be able to open it to uh, to all people it can't just be for the people who are just mm. horse racing lovers it has yeah. to be free for everyone realistically 50 quid I think is, is that is that going right for rate? a day out yeah, yeah. in a and decent a... enclosure so exactly. yeah, you've got I... decent facilities yeah. Yeah. it's a full day as well isn't exactly. it it's like it's not you know, somebody wanted a ticket to Brighton Wolves today and 30, 36 quid. 52 quid for Brighton Man City. Yeah, mental. So that's for, ni- that's for 90 minutes. You got 50 quid for a day at the creme de la creme of horse racing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we're quite lucky because we've got Goodwood on our doorstep. And I, maybe it's 
for that is on our doorstep but I believe that's the best co- uh, course in the country mm. because you've got the, the you've got the downs in the background but then Cheltenham is, is secondly up there mm. purely because you've got the scenery for it and the facilities are top standard you go to some of these lower second grade third grade kind of rounds and they just don't have the same Ten. Are you saying Fontwell hasn't got the same? Unfortunately, yeah. hasn't got. Unfortunately, hasn't got the same aura. It doesn't. As not. No, it doesn't. No. Um, just while we're talking courses, you know, let's let's make it give well give listeners that aren't sure give them an insight, but also for the listeners that just want to sort of cut. Tom, tell us about the course. Oh, okay. You've done your research, so you tell me. I haven't done as much oh, as I was hoping I was going to say that. Which course? Which course? Exactly. Well, now you've thrown me. I thought it was all one course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's <laughs> an inside track course and an outside. The, the main one is the outside course, which you're looking upon. And to be fair, there's uh, they've got six bars and it's not just like a, a small bar. that all can hold up to yeah 5,000 people. All got multiple bars. And the thing is, that it actually is a very wide and very big course itself. There's, when you work out, there's 70,000 people there mostly every day. And Gold Cup Day, don't get me wrong, you can tell there's 70,000 people there. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, when it's roughly about 50,000, 60,000 people, it is quite spacious. You don't feel like you are cramped, whereas Gold Cup Day is a different standard. It takes you like an hour to get a drink. It's, wow. That's why you see everyone with a hip flask and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, and then just quickly, whilst we're just on on course as such, um, I did put out on socials that we were recording this podcast today, wanting people to give us their tips and their fun story. The one story I got was from uh, was a boxer, been been a friend on li- an online friend Ooh, nice. since twenty twenty, since sort of the the tap tour started, um, and he witnessed. This is maybe shows just how much drink is consumed at at Cheltenham. He witnessed a man not poo themselves once, but poo themselves twice in the same day on separate occasions. Um, so I suppose the only thing to say there is drink response. Maybe. Wow. That's just, that's just the iron in the Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, th- Tom, thanks for that insight. Um, it will be a good two days for you I'm sure it will be on yes. course um, hopefully the weather's good it's not too cold um, and yeah I mean as long as it doesn't rain that's yeah. a big factor people it'll keep dry it'll make, the, make it exciting you'll bit. see you know on the as we say on, on socials on the TV and stuff it is it really is a packed out place it is um, now, so that's the on-course experience. So we've had it from the horse's mouth, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> we've had Tom talking about his experiences at Cheltenham. Now, the reason I've got Jeremy on the podcast for this Cheltenham special was that when I think of Cheltenham Festival, I do think of Jeremy, family friend, you know, unofficial godfather to me. To from, me, to you and most of the... Yeah, to so most of the lads on my stag do, Jeremy is Uncle Jeremy. But Jeremy, when as I say, when I think of Cheltenham, I think of Jeremy. Now, for you, Cheltenham's always been a big part of your life, really. Yeah, but, every year, look forward to it, plan ahead for it. Not so much this year. No, not so but much we'll this year, we'll get on to that. that. But the um, you've 
when you were working, so Jeremy is retired now, but when, when you were working, you had, you always had holiday, Gold Cup day. Well, it sort of evolved. I've, I've, I've traced it back. So the first year we watched it down the pub was 1989, Desert Orchid. So I used to work at... HSBC, people may know it as Griffin Factors, as was. So the office was down Farncombe Road, near where the old Acarina was, or Splash Point is now. And we would walk along, past the Egremont, and about four shops down from the Egremont was a bookie. So it had the perfect setup for us. That It was close to work, there was a pub, and there so was a bookie. You, so like when you started 89 then, did, was it you didn't take the whole day off? You no, just... we sort of stumbled in, because it, it was a three-day festival then, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I'd gone into the bookie, not knowing other people, because I'd, I'd only been working there a couple of years by then. And there was people in the bookie putting bets on, oh, you're interested in racing, oh, yeah, come in, we'll, we'll be watching it. And I hadn't taken any time off. So I was like, oh, I've got to go back to work, but I'll pop back. So I went back to work and I sort of said, can I finish early? We did flexi time then. You could sort of clock in, clock out. But the earliest you could leave was like four. I said, oh, can I go at half three? So I reckon I could get down. Went down. There's a few of them were in there, but they were a bit older than me. And some of them were shift workers. They worked in the computer ops room. And so they'd got the day off. They're a bit more organised. And it's like, yeah, this is good. And then the next year or the year after that, I think I said, I'm going to take half day holiday, but I'd spoken to the guy, said, are you going to take half day off? So I'm not going to be like on my own, am I? Mm. And there's a few of them. So it's like Bill Howley, legend. Yeah. Um, Mark Ralph, uh, Bob Parsons, Maxi, Jason Nichols. So they've, they've all gone down the pub. So I've got in, put some bets on, gone in and watched it. And I've always remember it because Maxi had bet on Norton's coin at 200 to 1 on the Gold Cup. And everyone's like, what are you wasting your money for? And this thing won at 200 to 1. I was like, well, I give up. That's it. Like, What's the point? And it's, but yeah, but you've had a good time. You've enjoyed yourself <laughs> and you've had a few beers. I'm, yeah, it's been all right, been all right. So sort of the next few years it evolved a little bit and then I remember like 93 um, we get a local connection here because I think I was one of, one of those years I didn't have a lot of money and I'd gone in on the Wednesday and I'd put a bet on and I'd, it was like a couple of quid on a treble so Cheltenham getting one winner is hard enough I was like no all in and I fancied one or to win and the other two were short, fairly short price favourites and the, the first two had come in so basically my money is riding on Deep Sensation <laughs> Trained in Finden by Josh Gifford Yeah, and this thing won, won at 10 to 1 so I'm like right, 90 to 1 treble has come in it's like, right I've got in some money so yeah. I remember going around and saying right I'm in I'm in tomorrow <laughs> so 93 was like yeah great and I think by the end of the Thursday I had about less than half of that left most of which had been sent over the bar so it sort of evolved from there and and we would go into the Egremont this is this is way before um Greg Grundy was running it I think it might have been even um Polly Senior who was running it 
and then it sort of had different owners. But at that stage, it was seems quite a rough all-day drinkers yeah. pub, and there was always people outside and looked unsavory. They had quite a rough football team as well. Yeah. So we, but we would only really go in there for that particular day, and we'd take the Thursday off. And we did that for years, and it sort of grew. Then so we sort of said to some of the lads who were playing football with, so some of the revenue boys like Alex Stav and um, Decky Dines and that Wolfie Taylor, they would join us as well. And then other people would come in and out, but there'd always be sort of a hardcore group of people that would turn up, take the afternoon off, uh, and watch the racing. And we sort of did that for years without really sort of thinking about it, and then. It sort of changed a little bit because the bookie down the road, in spite of taking all our money for years, closed. So you haven't then got that perfect setup because this is all pre-internet, pre-mobile phones, no such thing as betting apps. You wanted to put a bet on, you need you to put to a bet to on. Bookie. The other reason for being near a bookie was Channel 4 Racing at the time would only do four races of a seven race card. So if you wanted to see the last three races, you were literally walking up and down the road <laughs> Pint, discuss the previous race, what you're betting on the next one, walk down the road, watch it in the bookie with the locals and carry on doing it and you get to the last race, right, done it, oh, right, let's bet on the 5.35 at Sedgefield because we might get some money back. (laughs) And we would do that, so it's like, right, where are we going to go? And it was, we basically looked at all the options of where is there a pub that we're happy to drink in that serves beer that we're happy to drink that is close to a bookie and we ended up in the Broadwater because there's a William Hill just along Cricketers Parade which yeah. is 100 yards down the road so that's where we've been I think since I worked out about since about 2004 2005 yeah. um, and we sort of yeah get that hardcore well, he, people yeah even I've crept into now where I'll always try to make sure that I'm around Gold Cup time that I'm about and I'll uh, I'll, t- I'll have my lunch and yeah, come down I mean, and watch it with you all I mean, we, you've talked about people pooing their pants. There's always floaters, as we would yeah. say, Sam, that would come in and out. That yeah, there's a number of funeral directors would like come in and out. Yeah, you're a floater, mate. Yeah, from us funeral directors from north and south of the Broadwater yeah. and come from the Broadwater in, Divide um, and and have have drinks or watch the big race uh, and then go off or and and say other people don't make it every year. So junior would come along, yeah. Darren Ambler, Nick Malone, but they're not necessarily racing fans, but they'd get there when they could. Um, Johnny T, when he's not got a job on building walls, will come and have a few bets. Well, now I, now me and Amy don't live at home. Johnny T's worked loads hard, doesn't it? Because between us, we've knocked down mum and dad's front wall three times. <laughs> uh, less said about that, the better, I think. Yeah, so, so our, we are resident in... The Broadwater yeah. on the, the Friday now, because it's four-day meet, so it's it's the Friday. Um, and, yeah, get in there sort of one o'clock, do all the pre-match speculation, who's done what. A few lads will do a, a joint bet and hope that, you know... See what happens. Pick a horse each, put it in a Yankee, see what happens. Um, and, yeah, afterwards, it's, you know, every man for himself or, you know, over to Norris for a curry. And you, you mentioned Stav, so there's a little bit of a story about Stav. So uh, Stav, good bloke, loves his sport, recently got into bowls, very good at it by all accounts. Well, he's just younger than everybody else because he's not 19. <laughs> <laughs> bend knee. Yeah, he gets that real bend knee. Now, 
I'll, I'll let you tell the story in full, but sort of, he, again, Jeremy, as well as being a racehorse lover, he is actually a racehorse owner as well. Part owner. <laughs> Part owner. Part owner. He owns a £50 share um, in a horse with another 2,999 people. Yeah. Paris Dixie. Paris Very Dixie. Very lovely horse. A lovely horse. Uh, if you see it run, you can, and you're a listener of the pod, you'll go, oh, that's the one that Jeremy owns. Um, now, <laughs> yeah, so we'll get on to it. So Stav was part of one of these owners clubs, one of these syndicates. He he was. So we, we've turned up, this is on the Gold Cup day. Um, first race is the Triumph Hurdle for juvenile horses and it's quite tricky because you've got all these unexposed horses and everyone's sort of putting forward what they think and you know Alex has had uh, his usual sort of couple of quid and not said a word about what he's betting on on this race and then we're watching it and Pentlands Hills who's an owner's group horse who he is part owner of pings the last scoots 20 lengths clear and wins at about 20, 25 to 1 I think it was at which point he's like cheering and we're going what? how did you pick that? he said pick it I own it (laughs) what? and you didn't think to mention it to us he said well I didn't like to just in case it didn't win it's like you knew that was going to run well even if it had got placed we'd we'd have been happy so yeah um, it's one of those where sometimes people like to tell you what they bet on after. Some people like to keep their cards quite close to their chest. Yes, very much so. Um, so you, you know, you've mentioned Griffin Factors HBC, but you are now retired. So how does your Cheltenham week look off course this year? Yeah, um, probably go down the Broadly Tuesday, Wednesday in the afternoon. Um, but then we're flying to Madrid on <laughs> Thursday because a friend of ours, Austin. Uh, Worthing Bears finest. Um, it's his birthday, and another guy, Mark Deckers, it's his birthday. So there's five of us flying out to Madrid for the weekend. So for the first time in a long time, when it either hasn't been voided, foot and mouth, or um, lockdown, I will not be in the no. in the pub on the Friday. We will have to find somewhere in Madrid that's showing it. Um, we should be alright because they've changed their laws over there. You can get on betting apps and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it also means we missed the Brighton quarterfinal on the yes. Saturday yes, or Sunday. Ideal. So we'll find that as well. Yeah. So that would be different. So planning this year, should have looked at the calendar a little bit closer yeah. maybe. But Well, I mean... It's only one day. We're out there four yeah, days. Exactly. It's St. Patrick's Day. Where else would you want to be but in Spain for St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, in, in an Irish bar in Madrid. <laughs> Um, so we just got a few little points that actually Jeremy you came up with um, for things to talk about which make Cheltenham Cheltenham Um, so again for listeners who are thinking oh you know this will get me a bit of kudos on my tea break so there's a big Irish versus British um, trainers uh, sort of battle competition so the Irish boys, they've been doing very well recently. They have. They they seem to just have slightly stronger strings. Um, maybe it's 
either owners or maybe it just moves in cycles. A few years ago, you know, Paul Nichols and, and uh, Henderson and the like were doing very well over here. Now it seems that, you know, particularly Willie Mullins, but also Gordon Elliott have seemed to have the best horses. Mm. So not quite sure how that will go, but my hunch is that the Irish will win more. At 28 races, so 14's halfway. Willie Mullins won half of that on his own last year. Well, not wanting to say it's a foregone conclusion, but it, it's certainly, Tom, it will be one to watch. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think, like I said, it, watching the racing, it, it's always exciting in, in any way, shape or form, but Jeremy, going down to the pub, it's it's the atmosphere and the experience of hanging out with your friends and watching it, it's what makes it. It's And also it's that, oh, having that, and it's that losing yourself as, as the horses go over that last last hurdle and you think, Hang on, is that the one I've got? Is I, I that... think that's a prime example. I think for me, gambling, of course, the win of a money is it, it, a big factor. Think, oh yes, I've won it. But choosing a winner is really hard. And actually, when you when you chose a horse and you see it go in line, you're more ecstatic that you've chosen a winner yeah. than, than the actual yeah. money, unless you put a lump to it. I think big time. <laughs> the, the only thing I would say the the difference that being off course for on course for me that I would say I would like to experience is just that raw the Cheltenham raw so if you've got an Irish hot pot mm. that's sluicing up and there seems like every Irishman's come over this sea <laughs> to watch this put their Euros on and it's one I mean the place must be buzzing mm. and if they get two or three it, it must just be mental well if there's any betting companies or sponsorship companies that want to take me Jeremy and Tom to the races next year we are more than happy to you know write a figure on a piece of paper and give it to us and we'll we'll talk we'll, be there. we'll talk um, now again I left this to you boys because you are the horse racing um, fans any horses to look out for are there any it's interesting, so the the previous monthly episode of the podcast was Super Bowl and there were a lot of storylines like, again, we've mentioned uh, the Irish versus British competition, that battle, that's a big storyline. Have we got any big match-ups coming this year? Because often you'll have like, uh, it's, uh, it's what's, very... to- what's Uncle Tony's horse? Uh, Energimine. Yeah, Energimine versus like Shishkin, things like yeah. that. They're in different races though. This, this year, aren't they? Yeah. And this is part of the problem this year. I think normally you can kind of predict where horses are going to run, and a lot of them will have multiple entries, so they've got different options. So if you look at the odds online, there'll be a lot of races at the moment that have got 20 horses. Now, if you listen to the pundits, not me, you know, people who actually know what they're talking about, they're suggesting that a lot of races will be down to six or seven runners because people, they can only enter yeah. one and, and it's like, where's your horse going to be? Where's it not going to be? What's our best? And like we say, going back to that Irish-British thing, trainers want those wins, so they'll yeah. look at it and go, you know, where, can I get a win there or do it or... Am I better to pull that horse out of that one and put it into a different... I agree, but with Cheltenham, every trainer wants a horse in it. They want yeah, the excitement. Yeah. I must say, when you go through, like as I say, with my betting patterns, it's I do go on names a lot. Not yeah. horses' names, but 
trainers and jockeys. And yeah, you know, you always have your Willie Mullins. Exactly. And your your Nicky Elliott. Yeah. So before we get on to those, so I've got a list of names to run through with you, Sam, yeah. and you're going to have to pick one of them. Okay. It is podcast beer related. I've okay. kept it beer related. But I kept it beer related. But what I want to ask is, what was your favourite winner at Cheltenham? Any race? Oh. Oh, can you come back to you? Yeah, have a thing. Whilst Tom's thinking about that. So I'll put mine up. Yeah. I've got lots. (laughs) So I mentioned Norton's coin. That was mental. Um, I remember watching, and I said about Johnny T, so this most bizarre situation. So we'd watched the Gold Cup, and Bobsworth had won the Gold Cup, and quite a few of us were on it. A friend of ours, Bob Parsons, I mentioned is... There, so a few of us are on it, just betting on the name. On the basis but he was also yeah. favourite. It was a good horse, so he won that. And I'd got it in a double in the next race, which was the Fox Hunters, which is for amateur riders. So it can be a bit like the Wild West. They're going round like arms and legs everywhere. And Johnny's bet on something that I can't remember its full name, but it had Oscar in it, which is the name of his younger son. So he's back that. And this thing is winning by about five or ten lengths. And my horse, which was um, in this double, was second. And John's horse has jumped over the last in front by five lengths. But the Cheltenham course goes round in a circle, but the winning straight goes straight on. And this horse decides it wants to go and do another lap. So it's trying to turn left. The jockey's trying to go straight on. John's cheering, thinking he's only got to get up the hill and I've won my money. And they part company. And he's like, well, that's not fair. I've, I've jumped the last... I've, we've done everything and I've still lost and my horse pops over wins I'll get my double in which paid out quite nicely yeah. and I had to look at John's face for the rest gutted. of the afternoon yeah. going well I still think it's not fair <laughs> well unlucky yeah that's pretty good I think for me actually one of the, one of the best horses I've ever seen is, is Tiger Well actually uh, for, yeah. for me not, it's a, probably a, a cut at one to go for but the size it was and the willpower it had, it was, yeah, it was incredible to watch. 2018, 2019, uh, back to back, I think it was last time done, it was Red One who did it mm. last. Uh, for that, yeah, standard to be at was really good. And a lot of people won't know that it won at Cheltenham as well. Yeah, exactly. Won the cross country, which is a the race they do over different obstacles, yeah. and it, it won that by a, a canter. Yes. Mm. Awesome. He didn't break a sweat. He just absolutely smashed it. I think mean, actually we went to the, the Cheltenham Festival in November, and um, and uh, there was a the night before we went out. We met some Irish lads, and uh, we were playing spoof with them, and, and they lost. And we said to them, "Right, now you want to give us a tip for tomorrow?" And they said, "Oh, God, cuddling wheel, cuddling wheel in the first race." And we're like, "We looked at it." Eighteen to one. Like, mm, I don't know about that. But Tom's like that. My, I love a favourite. And the rest of us, someone in our group is called Will. So I thought we all said, "Oh, let's just put some money on it." Anyway, so we all put it on. Woke up in the morning, went down to sevens. We thought, oh, tell you what, I'm right here." And then uh, we're all at the course and I'm watching it, and it was second place going around the corner, and he just let loose, and it just flew, and it won. And I think it's the first ever time over the eight years I've been there, everyone. Had put money on it. Wow. And so we were all yeah. in the champagne bar, Excellent. and the oh, everyone else was just watching us. We were just screaming and shouting. And there was this one guy in our group called Tarquin, and it's such an awful name, but and um, and he's the sort of guy who has a bet on, like always, he's always a winner. 
It, it never, 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 never show you the ticket. You only hear the wins. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> that. And uh, we're all cheering. I'm like, Tarquin, did you go for it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I must have done it on the machine. Though. I don't have a ticket <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So it's all like screaming all right, and shouting. Yeah, but that was, yeah, for, for experiences, that was one of the best ones. So, yeah, my, I think the best horse I saw was Istaprak, which is a hurdler, champion hurdle, won three in a row. The one who's in it this year could be as good, if not better. Ooh. Is that Constitution Hill? Okay. You won't get any odds on it. It's like seven to two on. Um, you See, might get slightly better odds if you do it to win by so many lengths, but you're sort of taking chance for that. But it's just a different level to everybody else. There's one Irish that they think might be okay with it, but I think it's just nothing. It's all, it's going to be I do one love of those a, a good hurdler that just pings the hurdles. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't get very high. Goes very quick. You know, you, poetry in motion. So then, we will just make it clear make it known now we aren't tipsters <laughs> anything that we say now we do not want you calling us turning up on our doorstep saying you told me to back this um but as as jeremy touched earlier i will be certainly putting some of my accumulators on some of my lucky lucky 15s my super hinds is but what we can do is give the listeners some good advice so yeah there are lots of offers out there. Yeah. If you haven't got an online betting account, don't be frightened to open one because as a new customer, you can get lots of free bets. Um, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're over the age of 18 because gambling under 18 is illegal absolutely. and frowned upon, if you're over the age of 18 you are in the and you don't own a betting account, you're in the best position for Cheltenham. Yeah. Because you are... Well, even if you have, there's nothing to stop you opening another one and just using the free bets. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. Shut the account. Exactly. Sorted. There's a lot of places at the moment doing no runner, no bet. So even at this stage, years ago, you would only get that the night before. That was the Bob Marley song that never made it. We're nearly... (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. I'm very good. Quick. Very quick. So, yeah, if you're betting now, even two weeks beforehand, you can bet. And if your horse doesn't run, and I said a lot of horses have got multiple entries, you might fancy a horse. So I put one up there that I I quite like, Marie's Rock. It's a novice hurdler. It's entered in two races. No one knows. I don't think the trainer knows which Which race it's going to run in. in. So you can bet on them both. And you'll get whichever one it doesn't run in, you get your money back. Whichever one it does. You're actually, by doing it early, you're getting a yeah, slightly better price. So your only real gamble is, is it likely to get injured between now and then, which they do look after them, so unlikely. Yeah. Sky bet, £2 free bet in the first race every day. Get your money back. Win or lose. Yeah. But it's only for £2. Used to be for £10 years ago. It's so, it's, so we, I didn't know this, so we... For the listeners, we spoke about this, but that's what they're doing this year, only up to £2. £2, but the first race every day. Yeah. Whereas last year it was £10, the first race, the first day only. So oh, it's wow. got, their, their outlay's gone from 10 to 8, yeah. but you can have an interest. And yeah, just shop around for where the best prices are, because there's, be there's, a, there's a website called Odds Checker. Yeah. That's very good. If you know, If you know what you want to bet on, you can go on there. And you can look at what you, you know, where you're getting best price. And if you want to read around a little bit and want to sound like you know what you're talking about, you can get on the At The Races app or the 
racing, racing post, post and they My, I am a racing postman. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's a lot of information, there's a lot of podcasts at this time, there's a lot of pre Cheltenham like ourselves jumping on the bandwagon. Well, we are, and that's the thing. That was my my thought process. But you know, there's if if you want to look into it enough, I I can't. I, I think it'll be after. Uh, it would have been before the podcast goes out. But there's a bloke that I'm friends with on Facebook who he's doing at his local cricket club. He's got a pre Cheltenham. He's also called Sam Hart. Nice. He's got a uh, he's got a pre Cheltenham like evening with him where they're going to go through tips and the tricks and Victoria just before Covid uh, Victoria Hart that is um, head of content for the podcast and the tap tour she went she got invited on on a work thing to a um, the Star Sports did a tipping afternoon where they go they go That's through all, awesome. all their all their choices yeah. for Cheltenham yeah. yeah it's good fun you know it is it just shows it's such a spectacle yeah uh, everyone as we say you know jumping on that bandwagon let's go through these beer names so then. yeah I've got some beer drink related you've got to say whether you're you think you might <laughs> bet on it and you've got to pick at least one I've well got, I think I've got one for it. you Tom oh, okay God. right so in the in the mayor's hurdle we've got Brandy Love yeah and then we've got Brewing Up a Storm Brewing Up a Storm I'd go for Back on the Lash <laughs> okay nice are these all in the same race? no, no. that's in the cross country <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it, this is it's the carling yeah. Yeah, it's the carling hurdle oh <laughs> yeah, Brewing Up a Storm's in the Coral Cup yeah Gin Online is in the um, cross country chase Brandy Harbour now I, I like this one Final Orders do you know what I think we Grand might Daniel. I think we might have to put a little Snakey's Tap Tour <laughs> there's a lot of them. Super Heinz on the beer related <laughs> one for Tom Champagne Court yeah. nice thank you Flooring Porter for those that like a slightly more obscure beer <laughs> yeah Champagne <laughs> Gold Flooring Porter won it's last won, year or the year won before won the Stayers Hurdle last because two years because there is uh, and I'm sure he won't listen to the podcast but there is a flooring uh, company in Lansing who the person is called, his last name is Porter, wow, and they all perfect. They, they all put money on flooring Porter, and it won. It's won. It's won the last two years. It's not been fancied either time, and it's hosed up, and it's running again this year, and it's not fancied. It could hose it up again. It could go again. These things happen. It's if you like flooring, because your other better other half, Victoria. Sanine was more. Was more. Uh, and she is a big fan of Iron Moore. Yes, she was. Always she, she loves, loves putting money so in yeah. Iron Moore. Most of the pod money, so whatever sponsorship yeah. you get from however many pilots all, all you get the people or anything, throwing at us. <laughs> should go in the champion chase on Captain Guinness. Oh, yeah. lovely. Definitely. It's got to happen, isn't it? It's got to happen. Meant to be. And um, then you and I are doing a double. Yep. Saint Sam in the Coral Cup, yeah, or maybe the Stairs, or maybe the County Hurdles, with Jeremy's Flame. <laughs> oh, lovely! And if you want to put a treble in for your um, grandpa, there is um, there's a Harry running in the the first race. I bet on it. I can't remember his name. I bet on it at fifty to one. It is. Oh, lovely. See, that's the thing. I might just have to go on names. I'm going to have so many horses covered. It's going to be like that. I had to go on, yeah, I won. What, 37p? Colonel Harry. Colonel Harry. 50 well, to 1. We might have to do the old name bet, won't we? 
Well, all I can say really on that, gents, is thank you very much for joining me on this Cheltenham special. I feel we've covered it a lot. I feel we've got some good anecdotes, some good beer stories. We're keeping it loosely beer-related, but, you know, it is a Cheltenham special, so it's been quite betting and horse-heavy. Horse uh, with it being a monthly episode, I like doing a pub of the month. We're going to go for the Village House Hotel in Finden. Uh, for those who aren't aware it has got it's a pub with strong horse racing links well Finden is a very Finden horsey is, little yeah village. so so Finden Village again for listeners that might be tuning in Finden Village had a Grand National winner Alderneti in 1981 Bob Champion Bob Champion Bob Champion wrote it, wrote it. they made uh, a film about it yeah and by all accounts, that said horse, Alderniti, basically had a pint at the village yeah. house. So the stables are just up the road, um, so run by Nick Gifford now, was Josh Gifford at the time, and they walked the horse down to the square, and uh, it allegedly was in the pub, but I think it probably just drank oh, through right. the window or something. But it, you know, if you go in there, they've got the silks, they've got all the, the pictures, the... The 1981, the Sun Grand National Sashes. It is, it's is—it's a horse racing pub. Yeah. I think they've got a couple of Cheltenham events on over the week. Yeah, they will do. They normally do. The stable lads from Nick's and Lassie's, they generally go in there if they're having a beer Lovely. or two. So that is the pub of the month and beer of the month. There was only one, surely. It's got to be Guinness with that. It, I'm sure the listeners won't be paying £7.50 a pint for it. I'm sure they won't. There is also an ex- Nick Gifford horse is running in the Albert Bartlett. Jungle Pros. He used to be trained in Finden, the mare, and he sold it to Gordon Elliott because they thought they were going to breed with it, and he trained it, and it's now running wow. potentially at Cheltenham. So keep your eye out. For Unlike that one. football, it doesn't have a sell-on clause. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the only thing left to say is enjoy Cheltenham. Gamble responsibly. Drink responsibly. If you enjoy the podcast, have fun, but do it by being disciplined. When the fun stops, stop. <laughs> when the fun stops, stop. Uh, yeah, if you, when the fun stops, tell your mates to hashtag turn the tap on. Gents, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having us. Cheers. Cheers. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you, boys. Get the darts out. <laughs>